the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. We've lived through some very interesting times this past week. <laughs> Long periods of strong winds and buckets of rain coming down. We had five and a half inches of rain at our place. I think that's kind of some kind of a record. People, some of my clients uh, farther north are talking about seven inches of rain and stuff like that. We had some hail and... Uh, Thunder and lightning on Thursday night, and uh, and uh, to top it off, a couple uh, tornado warnings. So, uh, could it have been any crazier? I don't know, but I didn't hear about any fatalities, and that's the most important thing, even if it did too much damage in some places. But as the saying goes, keep calm and carry on, and boy, did we. You know, they at the county fair, the Lorraine County Fair, the the kids, the 4-H kids are out there taking care of their animals. Uh, their, their animals are staying out at the fair until they stay with them. And uh, the people are out there, parents are worried about their kids out there in the middle of all that. And the people of the uh, volunteers are trying to clean up the place after, after it was all over at they shut the fair down for a day, and I think that's the first time that that's ever happened in a hundred and some years that the fair has been in operation. So now you've got homeowners and tree services and 
clean up crews and doing whatever they can do. And let's not forget the linemen and the public crews and the and the police and firemen who work through it all. Uh, they've done an incredible job to try to to make our our lives normal in the midst of all this. And uh, uh, so, you know, note with regard to that Lorain County Fair again here, uh, it was shut down for a day, but it's, it's open now, and they'll be wrapping the fair up on Sunday. But uh, in our quiet times, uh, which you're now, and, and uh, this weekend looks like a, a beautiful weekend, and we got some real nice weather ahead of us. In our quiet times, we can pay attention to what's happening in the world and basically how it affects our financial dreams and plans accordingly. So last week, we talked about the changes in the investors' expectations and uh, that inflation is measured by the CPI, a consumer's price index, as well as the personal consumption expenditure uh, uh, price index. That's the one that the Federal Reserve uh, likes, as opposed to the CPI, to measure inflation. Uh, they've eased both of them have eased down into the three percent inflation level, and uh, in face, investors are no longer asking basically how high the Federal Reserve will raise rates. Uh, they've done a great job of raising them already from a quarter of a percent to five and a half percent. That's where it stands at uh, now. Uh, so they changed it. The, the questions now are uh, when will the Federal Reserve begin to lower their rates? You know, the idea beginning, the idea is that they raise the rates to slow the economy down and slow the demand down. And that in turn would slow inflation down. And you know, they've got it down to 3% now. And uh, uh, when are we going to start reducing uh, the rates? And yesterday, uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, uh, he delivered a speech at the uh, Federal Reserve uh, uh, Jackson Hole Symposium. Every August, the uh, Kansas City uh, Federal Bank puts on this symposium at uh, uh, Jackson Hole, uh, Wyoming. And uh, uh, they get people from all over the world uh, to come and, and talk, and uh, and uh, investors clearly. Uh, this was a, a time that uh, Jerome Powell was uh, uh, delivered a speech there, and everybody was interested in uh, following every word of his speech, hopefully to get some insight into the future actions of the Federal Reserve. Uh, if they were looking for a speech saying that inflation was conquered and we can declare victory and, and go home, uh, they didn't hear that this, they didn't hear that Jackson Hole, uh, basically in the, uh, the introduction, uh, the uh, chairman was moderately hawkish and, uh, he he really sounded determined to beat inflation down to two percent and keep it there until the job is done. So uh, chairman led off with the quote: "It's the Fed's job to bring inflation down to our two percent goal, 
we will do so. We have tightened policy significantly over the past year, although inflation has moved down from its peak, which has been a welcome development, it remains too high. We are prepared to raise rates further, if appropriate, and intend to hold policy at a restrictive restrictive level until we are confident that inflation is moving sustainably uh, down towards our objective. So he, he came across as very determined that uh, uh, we were going to get this job done. And it perhaps the, the, you know, laced throughout the presentation was the message that, hey, we're not there yet and it's going to take some time uh, to get there. That's kind of opposed to this idea of, hey, what are you guys going to uh, start lowering these rates? And I've heard uh, estimates before, you know, during the last few weeks of, oh, maybe like uh, starting in December or hey, the number of the things talk about anywhere from January to, to June. But uh, if you listen to the speech, why you know, it's kind of doubtful. Uh, and uh, uh, discontinuing on with it is is uh, uh, the pertinent parts of his speech at the time. Quote: This is from uh, uh, Chairman Powell. At the time, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting raised the policy rates in March of 2022. It was clear that bringing down inflation would depend upon both the unwinding of of the unprecedented uh, pandemic-related demand and supply distortions and on our tightening of the monetary policy, which would slow the aggregate growth and uh, uh, allowing the supply time to catch up. While these two forces are now working together to bring down inflation, the process still has a, quote, long way to go, even with the more favorable recent readings. So uh, on a tw- he continues, on a 12-month basis, the U.S. total and headline uh, personal consumption expenditure inflation peaked at 7% in June of 2022 and declined to 3.3% as of July. Uh, that seven percent number. This is this is this is seven. That seven percent number uh, came from that personal consumption expenditure uh, uh, price index. The uh, the CPI number was nine point one percent in uh, June of two thousand and twenty-two. So both of those numbers are very very high. Both of those numbers are measurements of inflation, and they're both considered to be very high. Uh, he continued on, headline inflation is what uh, households and businesses experience most directly, uh, so that the decline, uh, oh, uh, do, 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 do. You know, he, he remarked uh, at the uh, peak at 7%. Then he remarked that it's, right now it's down to 3.3%. Uh, 
the CPI number is about the same region. And then he remarked that uh, 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 food and uh, energy prices uh, are included in those headline numbers, but uh, he wants to talk about the inflation without the food and the fuel in there. He wants to talk about the core inflation. So, uh, and besides, uh, the Federal Reserve really doesn't control food prices and energy prices. Basically, those prices are determined on a international scale. Um, you know, and then he continued, uh, he talked about uh, uh, the outlook and uh, uh, we were expecting at that time to get some insight into, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to increase the uh, the uh, rates or uh, the uh, uh, stretch out the time? And the impression that you get from listening to him uh, was that uh, there, there may be, depending upon the data, there might be increases in the future. But the real emphasis was on uh, holding the rates higher, uh, longer, rather than higher. And uh, a quote from uh, Jerome Powell, turning to the outlook, although further unwinding of pandemic-related distortions could continue to put some downward pressure on inflation, restrictive monetary policy will likely play an increasingly important role, getting inflation sustainably uh, back down to 2% is expected to re require a period of below-trend economic growth, as well as some softening in the labor market. There he's giving you a hint that uh, uh, we're going to see some more softening. He hopes to see some more softening in the uh, labor market as well as less economic growth. And uh, economic growth is one of the things that does concern the Federal Reserve because if the economy uh, does pick up, uh, inflation could also pick up too. So uh, then he continued, uh, this is from Jerome Powell, uh, we are attentive to signs that the economy may, may not be cooling as expected. So far this year, the gross domestic product growth has come in above expectations and above its long-run trend. And recent readings on consumer spending have been especially robust. In addition, after decelerating sharply over the past 18 months, the housing sector is showing signs of picking back up, and we'll talk about that later in the show. Additional evidence of persistently above-trend growth could put further progress on inflation at risk and could war warrant a further tightening of the monetary policy. So, you know, ordinarily, at the end of his quote, you'd ordinarily think that uh, the uh, growth would be great, uh, and that's the way we look at it as investors. But the Federal Reserve is looking at it from the viewpoint of uh, <clears throat> they want to see this thing slow down more, uh, the demand slow down, inflation go down, 
from this 3% number to the 2% number. And uh, uh, we're standing here as investors saying, you know, let's, let's get some growth. And they're saying, hey, we don't want growth because uh, that might add to the inflationary pressures. Uh, Jerome Powell then went on to talk about uncertainty and risk management along the path forward. They quote, uh, 2% is and will remain our inflation target. We're committed to achieving and sustaining a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to that level over time. It is challenging, of course, to know in real time when such a stance has been achieved. There are some challenges that are common to all tightening cycles. For example, real interest rates are now positive and well above the mainstream estimates of the neutral policy rate. Uh, And we see the current stance of policy as being restrictive, putting downward pressure on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. if you take a, you know, what he's really saying there is that if you take a look at the federal funds rate now, it's five and a half percent. And then you take a look at the inflation numbers uh, from either the CPI or the uh, uh, the personal consumption expenditure, whatever gauge you want to use. What you see is that the inflation is is almost two percent below uh, the uh, federal funds rate right now. So, you know, over this past year, they've gotten this inflation down as well as gotten these uh, interest rates up. So they're in a in a good position right now, having the interest rates higher than the inflation rates. And then he continues on with. Uh, uh, these uncertainties, both new, old and new, complicate our task of balancing the risk of tightening the monetary policy too much against the risk of tightening too little. Doing too little could allow above-target inflation to become entrenched and ultimately require monetary policy to wring out more persistent inflation from the economy at a high cost to employment. Doing too much uh, could also do unnecessary harm to the economy. And there he's basically uh, uh, presenting the crux of what what they have to do in this next phase. Uh, They've got inflation down to 3%. And... there was a time during the 70s uh, when uh, Arthur Burns was the head of the Federal Reserve, and uh, he in turn instituted higher uh, interest rates, and the inflation began to come come down. Uh, but then there was a recession, and, and uh, lowered the interest rates. And uh, during that particular time. It, and he allowed the inflation to get out of start to get out of hand. That's referred to as Burns's blunder. And uh, it, it, if you recall, in the uh, late seventies, inflation got to the point where it got to uh, 
uh, it got up to uh, 13, 14 percent, and uh, uh, had to be cured by increasing the federal funds rate up to 20 percent, and that ended up as a recession uh, where the unemployment got up to 12 or 13 percent. That's a hell of a heck of a big jump from where we're at right now. We're talking about uh, numbers like 5% and, you know, uh, interest rates, not 20%. And we're talking right now, we're talking about unemployment of 3.5%, not 12%. So, and can any conclusion, uh, according to Jerome Powell, this is often the case, we are navigating by the stars under cloudy skies. In such circumstances, risk management considerations are critical. At upcoming meetings, we'll assess our progress based upon the totality of the data and evolving outlook and risks. Based upon this assessment, we will proceed carefully as we decide whether to tighten further or instead to hold the policy rate constant and await further data. Restoring price stability is essential to achieving both sides of our dual mandate. And uh, that the dual mandate says a keep it, keep uh, keep employment up and uh, uh, keep inflation down and grow the economy. So, uh, in total, yeah, the the presentation was a. Uh, presentation by Chairman Powell outlined all the uh, issues and problems that they had to face, but didn't really uh, give you any insight into uh, perhaps what they were going to do at the September meeting of September 19th and 20th, or uh, what they would do in the future, whether there would be any more uh, rate increases, or whether uh, they would start to cut the uh, interest rates at a certain point in the future. So it was more of an outline of the problems and assurance that they would be careful in how they handled them. Uh, uh, the thing that came across was that uh, uh, this thing may take longer than uh, the investors anticipate. So they constantly emphasize this uh, length of time rather than increasing the, the rates farther. Uh, this week, uh, global equities were mixed as investors tried to interpret the future direction of the Federal Reserve in the U.S. And in mainland China, in, investors watched their government grapple with how to save the large housing developers as the housing market dried up. In the U.S., two of the major stock indices, the Standard and Poor 500 and the NASDAQ composite were up for the week, while the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average was down as investors basically tried to decipher if the Federal Reserve had finished raising the federal funds rate. That's currently at 5.5%. And when would the Federal Reserve start to lower their rates? Uh, I guess because we're going to have to wait for the answer to those questions 
uh, in the UK, the FTSE 100 was up for the week, and in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the stock uh, Europe 600 were both up for the week, while in Asia, uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up, but in China, uh, the mainland Shanghai Composite was down, uh, down primarily due to the housing crisis and the uh, 14% drop in exports. While in uh, Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Hang was up for the week. So on Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones closed at 34,346.90, and it was down a 0.45% for the week. And the Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,405.71, and it was up uh, 0.82% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 13,590.65, and it was up 2.26% for the week. So all in all, the uh, the uh, stock market is trying to feel its way through uh, uh, what's going on both uh, here in the United States as well as in uh, Asia. Uh, this is uh, Jim McAleese. You're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. Uh, well, you can give us a call with your comments and questions. The toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. The toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. You know, when we talk about the big picture, uh, what's happening in the, in the Federal Reserve in terms of trying to slow the economy down, and trying to get this inflation under control, uh, we got the... Uh, the automotive unions, the 
UAW uh, uh, negotiating with the big three automakers. We've got the uh, Teamsters. I think the Teamsters just uh, signed a contract with, uh, uh, or just okayed the contract with the UPS. Uh, not, I think so. I'm not absolutely positive of that. Uh, but you got all these big things going on. And uh, companies are wrapping up their uh, uh, second quarter earnings results, and the results were better than expected. So uh, there's a lot of things that are happening that are are important as far as our investments are concerned. But an even more important thing is your financial plan, where the investments are part of that plan, but the, the plan itself. It is the picture of basically the picture of your financial life. And uh, it includes things like, uh, hey, your career, uh, your earning capacity, your goals, your dreams, uh, or, you know, through, uh, you know, from the time when, when you started into the, into the working scene in, in terms of, uh, Hey, can I get enough money to buy a car or or uh, uh, get out of your parents' home and get an apartment somewhere to uh, am I serious enough to uh, uh, start uh, to talk about getting married and uh, am I serious enough to talk about starting a family and then you got the, the standard of living associated with a family and the in the uh, uh, education of the youngsters, and then you're finally uh, talking about retirement. So you can put all those things down. They're pretty much the same. For they're not they're not the same, but you know the general categories are there for all of us, and uh, we all have to pay attention to those goals because they cost money. Uh, uh, like uh, retirement, you. You can borrow money for a house, but you can't borrow money to retire. So it is a matter of uh, uh, looking at your income, uh, looking at your assets, uh, tracking them, making sure that you're saving enough. And the savings, the savings rate is probably more than most people. Uh, realize, you know, you take a look at your 401k and you say, well, eh, I got a, I got a, uh, 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 an employer match of, uh, four or five percent. Uh, so that, I guess that's what I should be saving just to get the employer match. But in reality, this, your savings rate should be in the order of 15% of your gross in, uh, your gross pay. That's a big difference, and uh, it takes a number like 15% to be able to say, okay, I'm going to set aside this much, and then I'm going to uh, save it, and I'm going to invest it in different investment uh, options, and I'm going to keep track of it so that I can afford a house, a family, education for the youngsters, and retirement and all the rest of the things, and staying on top of all that stuff. And that's uh, uh, that's the road. That's your roadmap 
in just like in any any uh, <clears throat> trip from one place to another, uh, there are detours, there are stops, there are. Uh, hopefully, there's not a lot of backtracking, but uh, to me, it's a matter of you've got a roadmap. You'll you'll change it as time goes on, but uh, you know what you've planned in the past. And if you come to, uh, you want something different, then it's a matter of uh, uh, sitting down and changing the plan or saying that, uh, uh, you know, accounting for different major uh, things in life, like the, the uh, death of a spouse or divorce or something like that. So it's important to have the plan know the plan, being able to develop it in your mind as well as on a a piece of paper, and uh, uh, being able to change it and modify it uh, based upon the the circumstances that you're in. So uh, that's basically what we do for our clients, and and, uh, we're very experienced at uh, doing that. So you have to take a long view uh, about uh, your life and uh, your investing issues. You have to make sure you're diversified, simplified your investment portfolio. Uh, don't get too involved in your quarterly statements. Uh, take care of your uh, insurance to handle uh, unanticipated uh, developments such as death or you have to use life insurance or property and casualty insurance where uh, you protect yourself against uh, things like fires and tornadoes and and uh, also against uh, liabilities in terms of uh, the automobile and such. So there's a, there's a lot to the plan, and uh, but it's well worth the time to spend uh, to... Uh, uh, get it organized and, and planned out and think about what you're going to do and finally make a decision. So uh, the idea of, of getting back to the, the thing that we started with in terms of the big picture of uh, the uh, big economy, of what the Federal Reserve is trying to do right now is basically uh, I hope uh, trying to figure out when they're going to uh, begin to lower these rates. In other words, the, the Chairman Powell outlined the, one of the issues that he's having right now is that the economy is getting stronger and if the economy gets stronger then uh, uh, inflation may get stronger too. At which point they have to go back in and, well, they have to continue raising these interest rates. And if they do uh, continue raising the rates, they're tempting uh, a recession. So right now we're standing here and saying, well, we've got inflation down to 3%. Uh, all we need now is them to kind of ease up on the brakes and start to lower the rates. And once the lower, once the rates begin to go down, then the 
economy will pick up, uh, the stock market should pick up, the bond market should pick up, uh, everything will be great. But uh, uh, what they're afraid of is that uh, as things pick up, inflation will also pick up, and they'll have to put the brakes back on again, even harder than they, than they did before. And one of the places that is picking up right now is, uh, uh, you know, the uh, uh, new residential construction. And uh, what you're seeing is that uh, uh, the sales of newly constructed single-family homes was up in July. Uh, you know, last year, ever since this, these interest rates had been going up, uh, they've gone up from three percent uh, to, you know, I think it's they're above seven percent now for thirty-year money, uh, probably going like seven point two or seven point three uh, percent, and uh, uh, the expectation, well, the, the the history has been as those interest rates went up, the house sales have been going down, but now, because uh, everybody has uh, everybody had a mortgage when the interest rates were three percent refinanced, uh, everybody's sitting on three percent uh, mortgage money, and they're very reluctant to uh, sell their homes or go out and buy try to buy a new home in this uh, uh, higher than seven percent uh, interest rates. So uh, that's slowing down home sales, and that gives a uh, opening for uh, new home construction because of the the lack of uh, the uh, lack of uh, existing home sales. So if we take a look at the monthly new residential sales for July, uh, we see that uh, newly constructed single-family homes sales were up uh, in July, the boost was probably due to those who pre-qualified for a mortgage in May or June and acted to close the purchase before the uh, before losing the lock on the lower rates. Uh, sales of single-family homes was up 4.4% in July from June. That's a, that's a one-month increase, 4.4%. And up 31.5% compared to July a year ago. That's according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development in their monthly uh, new residential sales for July 2023. The, uh, the sales action is somewhat similar to what we saw last week when we looked at the uh, housing starts. Uh, for July is reported in the uh, government's new residential construction report for July. And it basically showed that, uh, uh, for instance, for single-family homes, uh, starts were up 6.7%. And uh, um, the... Uh, the uh, sales of new homes in July also benefit from the lack of the supply of existing homes for sale. And uh, 
and basically potential home buyers continue to purchase new homes uh, where they can find something comparable uh, to what they wanted in an existing home. There's also the advantage of being able to buy a home that is not yet started or under construction before rates and prices climb any further. People don't basically people don't want to get left behind. So if you look at uh, new single-family home sales on a seasonably adjusted annual rate, uh, we see that for July, uh, the these the, for single-family homes, the uh, the seasonably adjusted annual rate was seven hundred and fourteen thousand, and of that, ninety-three thousand hadn't been started yet. Uh, Three hundred thirty-four thousand were under construction, and two hundred eighty-seven thousand uh, had been completed. And if you look at uh, the real and non-seasonably adjusted monthly sales uh, for July, what you see is that in July. 59,000 homes were sold, and uh, of that 59,000, uh, 7,000 were not started yet. Uh, 29,000 were under construction, and 23,000 of them uh, had been completed. So e- even in any case, uh, that's still not a... a uh, overwhelming number for home construction. If you look at all the people we have, uh, you look at existing homes, the existing homes sales are slowing down because uh, people don't want to get into the 7% versus the 3% mortgage that they have right now. And the, uh, there's only 23,000 new homes that are that are being completed that you can move into per month. Uh, the increase in sales is helping reduce the supply of unsold new homes, which is uh, there's basically 7.3 months of sales in July, and but uh, that's less than the 7.5% sales in June and the 10.1% uh, supply in July of 2022. So the the pace of new home sales has picked up, and it basically shows that uh, there are something like four hundred and thirty six thousand homes uh, for sale at the end of July. Of that, uh, uh, the hundred and six thousand had not yet been started. Uh, Two hundred and sixty one thousand were under construction. And 69,000 had been completed. If you look, take a look at uh, last year, uh, 400, there were 461,000. So there's less homes. Uh, the construction industry is turning out less homes this year uh, than before. And, and the prices are going up, too. Uh, for instance, if you take a look at the median price of new homes, in the United States, the national number uh, for July was 436,700. If you take a look at 
hey, that's July's number. What about June? Let's, let, let's, let's take a look at uh, uh, the last three months. In April, it was 417,200. In May, it was 419,500. In June, it was 407, 416,000. And voila, in July, it's 436,000. So uh, prices are going up there. And basically what you're seeing is that the home builders they're struggling with uh, construction costs. Uh, construction costs are the price of the land, and, the, uh, and uh, that's gone up considerably. And uh, along with all the materials that go into construction, as well as the labor, has gone up. So, uh, so what you're seeing is that uh, uh, new 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 residential construction is uh, increasing as well as uh, uh, the sales of uh, newly constructed homes is also going up in July. Now, if we take a look at existing home sales, uh, we see existing home sales slipped uh, 2.2% in July. And uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, Existing home sales in July, and that includes uh, uh, completed transactions for single-family homes, townhouses, condominiums, and co-ops, that uh, dropped 2.2% uh, from June to July. And uh, year over year, uh, sales have slumped 16.6%. And as... And, uh, According to the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist Lawrence Young, uh, two factors are driving current sales activity. Uh, one is inventory availability, and the other one is mortgage rates. Unfortunately, both have been unfavorable to the buyer. That's according to uh, Lawrence Young. And uh, a persistent home sales problem has been the limited number of homes for sale. So total housing inventory uh, at the end of July was uh, up 3.7% from June, but still down 14.6% from a year ago. And uh, unsold inventory sits at 3.3 months uh, supply at the current sales pace, and that was up from... Uh, 3.1 months in June and 3.2 months in July of last year. Uh, the home prices are also increasing. What you see is the, the median uh, existing home price for all housing types in July was 406700 and that was an increase of 1.9% from July a year ago. Uh, July a year ago, uh, the median price was three hundred ninety-nine thousand, and now it's four hundred six thousand seven hundred. And uh, uh, according again to Large Young, uh, most homeowners continue to enjoy large wealth gains from recent years, 
with little concern about home price declines. However, many renters are concerned that they are facing affordability challenges because of the high interest rates. And uh, even with the price increases, homes are still selling fairly quickly with properties typically remaining on the market for 20 days in uh, July. That's up from 18 days in June and 14 days in in July of last year. And 74% of the homes that were sold in July were on the market for less than a month. And uh, what you see in addition to that is uh, first-time home buyers are still in the market. Uh, they're still responsible for 30% of the sales in uh, July. And, of course, the, the mortgage rates are one of the things that uh, are problems in home sales and home construction. And according to Freddie Mac, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgages averaged 7.09%. As of August 17th, and that's up from 6.96% the previous week and 5.13% a year ago. And there's also the, uh, there's other sources that say it's even higher than that. So Lawrence Young indicated that retreating mortgage rates will bring more buyers and sellers to the market and, and get Americans moving again. What he's referring to there is if the Federal Reserve ever starts lowering their uh, the federal funds rate, that is going to bring down the, uh, the mortgage rates also. And if you take a look at uh, let's take a look let's take a look at uh, the housing prices. Uh, single family home sales uh, in July were down 1.9 percent. From June, uh, these are sales, not home prices down now, and 16.3% from the previous year. Now we're talking, now we're going to talk home prices. The median existing single family home price was 412300 in July, and that was up 1.6% from July a year earlier. Uh, condos. Uh, we're down four point sales for condos were down four point five percent from June and nineteen point two percent from a year earlier and the uh median existing condo price was three hundred and fifty seven thousand six hundred and that was up four and a half percent uh from the previous year. So uh in the in the uh, other parts of the, uh, let's talk about the Midwest and what you see in our area of the country, the existing home sales decreased 3% uh, in July from June, and they have dropped 20% from the previous year. The median price in the Midwest was uh, 304600 and that's up 3.9% from July of 2022. So if you take a look at and break the, the country down into the four areas, the 
the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, and the West. Uh, in the Northeast, in the, in the Northeast, what you're seeing is the median price is $467,500, and that's up 5.5% uh, uh, over the last year. In the South, the median price is 366200 and that's up 1.7% for the year. And in the uh, West, uh, the median price is 610500 and basically that's unchanged. So the Midwest looks like a real bargain for housing in a sense that the median price here is only three hundred four thousand six hundred, and uh, apparently other people realize it's a bargain too because the housing prices were up uh, uh, basically three point nine percent, one three point nine percent from July a year earlier. So, all in all, the, the one of the, the concerns is that uh, not. We like to see the home prices, home construction industry going great guns, but uh, the old Federal Reserve, that day, they're looking at it like, oh, my Lord, uh, this is going to cause inflation to pick up, and uh, what are we going to do? So this is Jim McAleese listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. One day, a little girl came home from school. She was troubled about losing her number one spot on her chess team. Knowing how important chess was to his daughter, her father asked her what made her so upset. The little girl explained that she worked hard for that spot, and now it was taken from her by an older boy from another school. Hearing this, the father decided to tell his daughter a story. <clears throat> the story went like this. There was a young boy at a beautiful beach scooping sand up with his uh, plastic shovel. Uh, the, boy, the boy spent the day creating his sand castle. He even made a boat using a spoon and a, and a bridge with a popsicle stick and walls for his castle. After a long day, he finished his sandcastle, and then the waves destroyed his hard work. The boy didn't get mad. Instead, he decided, to, hey, that's the way the tide goes, and we'll create another castle. And also, there is a story about a businessman. He was living and working in a big city. The older man was always busy, just shuffling paper into stacks, constantly speaking on the phone, delegating tasks, and he was good with numbers and words, leading to success and signing contracts with clients. And, and uh, some of, same as the little boy, a businessman spent his life building his kingdom and formulating plans. Both were resourceful, diligent and determined in their respective tasks. However, they weren't ready for the tide to come. And when the tide came in, <clears throat> the little boy picked up his tools 
and was prepared to do things better. He knew that the tide was beyond his control, and he couldn't do anything about it. What he could control, though, is how to react to the new circumstances. On the other hand, the businessman fought the tides and waves for many years, and when it became too overwhelming, uh, his his courage crumbled in it, as well as his business. After telling the story, the father asked his daughter which one she preferred. The daughter replied that she wanted to be like a little boy. And since then, she believes that she can control uh, is how that she reacts to situations. I remember watching the TV over some natural calamity. People were already cleaning up and rebuilding. Other people would have been just standing there cursing their fate. No matter where you are, the waves of life will always find you. What matters most is how you react. Just keep calm and looking at things from a different perspective because sometimes all it takes for change to happen in your life is to look at things differently. So when you're faced with these tidal forces that overwhelm us, remember that we have the option to recover and start again with God's help. And until we meet again, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.